0: Thank you. All right happy thursday morning to everybody this is sharman with taming the titta your 2020 political candidate presidential candidate running for 2020 on the democratic side i'm here today to talk to you about all the changes that are taking place in our country and we spend one hour a week talking about policies and issues and things that we can do better and differently in our country Last week, we had the opportunity to talk for the first time about the new 4Fs that we're going to be embracing. We have learned all about them last week with the Kavanaugh trial. And this week, we're going to be embracing fun with our future first family. And the first kids want you to know that they are very sad to be in school today. They know that it is not okay to want to be out of school for a hurricane because people are suffering and they are struggling. And there's a lot of damage that came through with Hurricane Michael, but they were really hoping for a storm day because they had to do their PSATs at school. And while they know it's good for them, they really just did not want to do it. They do want to take a moment just to say, uh, take a moment of silence and kindness for everybody who is being um, impacted by Hurricane Michael. Is it blew through the Gulf Coast and the panhandle of Florida yesterday. We here over in Jacksonville Beach felt it, and we're certainly worried and scared for all of our friends and family who, who are being impacted by these natural disasters. Hurricanes this year are are worse, and it, it just seems like they're going to continue to get worse every year. And while we know it's not a joking matter, we do have to find ways to pull through it and talk to each other and make sure that we're doing everything in our power to take care of each other and, and to help each other out during these times. And we do try to find ways to laugh and to pull each other through. And and um, your future first, first dude is promised to give me jokes to tell at least once a week so that we can get used to first dad jokes again. And so he would asked me, he said, what time did the man go to the dentist? And I said, I, I don't know. what." And he said, hurty. His tooth hurts. Oh, so cute. Thanks, First Dad. We appreciate you. I've had a lot of people ask what sort of things the First Dad's going to to embark on and what sort of roles is he's going to champion as the first dude of our nation. When I asked him the first few times, he said, I don't know. Don't ask me. Why do you keep asking me these questions? I don't know. And finally, he said, I do know I'm a veteran and I'm going to champion veterans and programs to help them and end homelessness and get them the care that they deserve. They were given a promise when they signed on the dotted line and entered into the military and our country has turned their back on them. And it's time for us to change that. And and as first dude, he's absolutely going to be championing veterans and veterans causes and that made me incredibly excited and proud to be able to see that loophole getting closed with the first family, really taking care of and protecting our veterans and caring about the, the people and the families who sacrificed so much for our country. As a mortgage underwriter and uh, default collector, I'm very familiar with the reality that our government's owns more empty houses than they have homeless people, certainly more homes than they have homeless veterans. And there's no reason why we can't create a jobs program that ends veteran homelessness and teaches skills within the community and puts people back to work rehabbing houses and, and ending the homelessness problem that we have in our country. And and it, it really fills me full of excitement to know that I have somebody on my team who is my partner and who is interested in making the same kind of changes across our country that that I want to make and that our goals are really in the benefit of helping our fellow citizens. One of the things that all of our presidents do with their first ladies, their spouses, is they just kind of let them go and they let them figure out whatever it is that they want to embark upon and what they want to embrace and what causes they want to champion. And I'll certainly be offering and allowing my husband to champion whatever causes that are close to his heart. But as a military family, we function a lot differently than some of these other families do. It's certainly not a situation where either one of us are just going to sit around for months and wait for the other one to figure out what they're going to do. My promise to you as we talk about hurricanes today is that on January 21st, 2021, if if the disaster that is still ha- been left unaddressed in Puerto Rico is not resolved, the first thing I will be doing is tasking my husband, the first dude, with the disaster recovery operation that is so desperately needed and should have already been resolved for Puerto Rico. Uh, I married a Navy helicopter pilot who was a disaster recovery officer for Naval Station Pascagoula during Katrina. Uh, Japan was his area of operations for scheduling international exercises when the tsunami hit. He has a massive amount of ex- experience in disaster recovery, and I will be leaning on the strength of my partner and the knowledge and wisdom that he has gained through the years, and I will be putting him to work for the country, for you, we, the people, so that we can bring our country together and unite it and take care of our citizens the way we deserve to be taken care of. Throughout this process in our life together, my husband and I have had the opportunity to overcome many, many issues. hes He often joked when we were first together that he was unlike any guy I had ever dated before, and he wasn't really sure why I was interested in him. And I assured him that I had earned him, that I had paid my dues with bad dates for years, and I finally deserved a decent first dude. And he he continues to impress me with the ideas that he comes up with and the fact that his moral compass does point north. Now, none of us are perfect. We all make mistakes. We all have skeletons in our closet. We're all, you know, living in a new world these days, but there's some things I'm really fortunate with my husband that I just don't have to worry about being an adult survivor of, Childhood abuse, childhood sexual abuse, there was a lot of domestic violence in my house. My parents were violent, abusive, alcoholic pedophiles. And this is October, it's Domestic Violence Awareness Month. And one of the great parts about pursuing the presidency for 2020 is doing interviews. And I had the opportunity this week to do an interview with Tiffany Parker from the Healthy Entrepreneur radio show. And she wanted me to speak specifically about being a survivor of domestic violence. And I realized that there had not ever been a time in my life where I thought that being a survivor of domestic violence was going to be a benefit. But here I am helping people identify patterns and cycles and red flags. And I realized that this is something that wasn't just something great to talk about on her show. Maybe it was a good opportunity to take a few minutes to give it a talk on mine as well. As we talk about S- Domestic Violence Month, one of the most important things that people need to realize is that these relationships run in patterns. It is called a cycle of abuse. And once you realize your relationship is in a pattern, you can start to time it. But identifying you have a problem is the, the first step. So One of the things about the cycle of abuse is that there is a honeymoon period. There is a tension-building period, and there is an explosion. And we all have problems in our relationship. Nobody's perfect. We all have frustrations. We all have issues that we need to address. But there are times when things are just worse than normal. Some people become violent, and that's not okay. And when you have a big explosion and there's been intimidation. Someone has thrown things or broken things or hit you or pushed you up against the wall and hit the wall next to you because they're not going to hit you. They're just going to scare you. They scream in your face. They threaten to take the children away or threaten to take the money away. Th- that explosion is, it gets greater and greater the honeymoon period the, the apologies that i'm sorry that i'll change is those that honeymoon period it gets shorter and shorter and the tension building period where you're walking on eggshells gets longer and longer so this cycle it continues and it continues to repeat over and over again but these explosions get dangerous and they get violent and as soon as that happens you really do need to leave. And leaving is very difficult. Most survivors of domestic violence attempt to leave seven times before they successfully get out. And leaving a relationship like this is one of the hardest things that you'll ever do. Ooh, don't mean to interrupt you, but I just noticed that it is 1.11 on the clock where I am here. Whenever I see a clock with a time that has an 11 in the minute section, I always think it's 11.11 somewhere. So whenever it's eleven eleven, I like to embrace the synchronicities of the universe, and I like to take a moment just to say a prayer for all the good things that are in my life and that I that I take for granted every day. And one of those is definitely surviving domestic violence and being able to get out alive. We talk about. Um, gun violence in this country a lot, but we don't talk about the fact that over fifty percent of the deaths in this country, gun deaths in this country are directly related to domestic violence. The idea that, you know, we're in this relationship until death do us part and nobody's leaving alive is is been taken just a little too far and it needs to be reevaluated. It's unhealthy. There are people dying every day because of this. It's not benefiting anyone. You know, when when you're in a relationship with somebody who is violent, leaving them is very dangerous. The first 24 hours after you serve somebody with a restraining order is the most violent because it really is just a piece of paper. And if somebody wants to hurt you or your children, they're going to find a way to do it. It's been going on for Thousands of years, women have been the spoils of war, and it has been acceptable to beat women and beat children, and women have just accepted the reality of rape for. For thousands of years, it's just the way things were. We've only had the right to vote in this country for 98 years. We're still overcoming a lot of problems. It wasn't too long ago that domestic violence was just a private matter that people discussed at homes. It was perfectly okay to smack your wife around. Those days are over. Now, there's some people who want to bring back those good old days, and they like Russia, and Russia even tried to stop beating their wives and decided they didn't like it and brought back a law that made it legal for them to beat their wives again. We need to be paying attention to this. It's not okay. We don't want to live in a country where we solve all of our problems through physical violence. And I understand that some people only understand a punch in the mouth But it really should be a last resort. And it shouldn't be how you're dealing with your intimate partners. It shouldn't be how you have to deal with your children. We should be using our words first before we use our fists. And we have to find a way to put an end to the violence in this country. And a lot of that means addressing domestic violence. We have to keep our hands to ourselves. We don't need to be resolving all of our issues. We're not going to win every fight. There is, a, it, it is this idea that we have to be right all the time and we have to do whatever it takes to win is is at the heart of what is hurting us as a country. We've got to find a way to resolve our issues without violence. We, we need to find a way to talk to each other. And it can start right at home with your relationships. You know, one of the things that I, I remember the most was the lack of volume control in our house. There was screaming all the time. And as a kid, I just thought that was normal. I thought everybody just screamed at each other. So we all just screamed all the time. And when I started to get out on my own and make friends with other people and see the way each other, and they interacted with each other and they talked to each other and had intellectual debate, I realized that there was So much more out there available if you can just overcome some of the communication issues that happen, the tone of voice, the way you say something, a snide comment isn't necessary. But when you're in a relationship with somebody who makes these comments all the time or or feels it's okay to reach out and touch you to get their point across and to show dominance with you, you're, you're going to be miserable, you're going to be unhappy. Getting out of domestic violence, I, as a survivor of gun violence, I, I forget how fortunate I am to have survived the night that my ex-husband pointed the gun at me and cocked it and told me I'd never see my daughter again. And, and I have been on a mission to heal my body for years from the damage that was caused from traumas. And I have taken a lot of different holistic approaches. And I recently learned about this technique called scalar energy. And we're going to be meeting somebody in the next portion of this show who's going to talk to us about healing your body from a different technique in a different way. And one of the things that I talked about in this show with Tiffany this week was the importance of finding ways to heal your body because being in a bad relationship, and a domestic violence relationship, takes a wear on you. It is exhausting. You don't know the drain and the strain that you are putting on your body. Just by being in an unhealthy relationship we all deserve to be happy we all deserve to be healthy we all deserve to find our perfect partner and i do believe that the right person is out there for everyone we just have to take the opportunity to get to know ourselves better and we have to learn to take care of ourselves first before we can take care of anyone else we often hear the, the idea that you can change somebody and you can make them better but i don't think that is true Someone can change when they want to change, when it's up to them, when they when they feel that need. But you can't force someone to change. And noticing and recognizing that their behavior is dangerous and unhealthy and that you're putting your life and your children's lives at risk and everybody will be happier apart. It's it's a hard reality check to to connect with it is a hard lesson to learn but sometimes it really is for the best and it's not a failure it, it doesn't mean one person was bad it doesn't mean you have to destroy the other person and someone else's eyes it just means it wasn't meant to be for the two of you and that's okay it doesn't have to be the end of the world and I know ending a relationship can be sad and it can be scary, but it can also be amazing and fulfilling because it offers you an opportunity to be with somebody who really matches you and your personality and your goals and your desires. My name is Sharman Smith, and you can find me at sharmansmith.com. I'm on Facebook at Taming the Titta. You can find me on Facebook at Charmin Smith 2020 at Charmin Smith for President 2020. You can find me on Twitter at Taming the Titta. My book is available on Amazon. It's at Barnes and Noble. You can get it online at Walmart or Target Kindle. It's on Kindle Unlimited for free. You can find me on Twitter at Taming the Titta and at Smith Sharman. I'm looking forward to speaking with you all again soon. We're gonna we're gonna take a break folks and we'll be back in a little bit. Sharman again with taming the titta now as i mentioned before i brought a special guest on today to talk to you about a new type of healing energy that i've recently learned about and he's going to share this with us tom palladino are you there can you hear me
1: hi Sharman. i'm here Fantastic. great to be here
0: thank you for coming i appreciate your time today now tell me about scalar energy
1: sure i work with scalar energy now frankly everybody's familiar with the energy it's sunlight or starlight scalar energy is a form of sunlight or starlight simply stated and you'll probably resonate with this name nikola tesla the great inventor tesla worked with scalar energy and what i'm what i'm discovering that scalar energy has tremendous potential as a form of energy not only for energy use energy generation but also to be applied to uh, various fields of science. We'll explore that in the the next few minutes.
0: Wonderful, thank you. I'm I'm looking forward to hearing more about that. Now, how do you get started using the scalar energy? I understand it's sunlight and starlight, but (laughs) do I just walk outside and feel it? What am I I missing? You you,
1: you do. Uh, Again, scalar energy is sunlight and starlight. So to put this into context, there's two types of energy. We understand electromagnetic energy. That's well accepted by the world. That's electricity and magnetism. There's a second dimension, scalar energy. Now, scalar energy has common uh, uh, synonymous names, I should say, chi, prana, or life force energy, or consciousness. So what we're working with is the consciousness or the matrix of the universe. That's what scalar energy is. And in my estimation, scalar energy far exceeds the capability of that of electricity. So scalar energy will be the new energy that we will use in the future.
0: So will it power light bulbs or will it power our souls? How does this work?
1: both everything very good it will not only be used for power generation around the world but it is also responsible for our brain waves that is scalar energy has a direct influence on our brain waves it's responsible for our brain waves it's responsible for our biorhythms it's i believe the human soul frankly is composed of scalar energy so there is a very intimate understanding here and we will we will eventually uncover these scientific truths as we delve into this new science, scalar energy.
0: So scalar energy, are you familiar with Reiki? Yes. Does it work on the same kind of way? Because you can receive Reiki over mass distances from a master who knows what they're doing.
1: That's correct. That's correct. Scalar energy is a form of energy healing. And many, many people, whether you can lay hands on a person locally or you could say a prayer or send energy at a distance, yes, that is that is scalar energy in function.
0: Oh, that is fascinating. So it really is is all around us and any individual person can tap into their own energy source to heal themselves or to help heal other people. Is that the way I'm understanding this?
1: Yes, precisely. So what we're seeing with scalar energy is people can heal themselves and that's done frequently through meditation and prayer. People can self-heal themselves by way of their attitude Or you could you could take it a step further and say there are scalar energy instruments that can abet that can enhance well being by improving our health. All of that is this this new recognition that energy can be used for healing and it is gaining widespread appeal around the world.
0: It, it really is, because this is one of those things that people talk about all the time, using crystals and healing their chakras and balancing this energy that lives within us that is so important. Now, you mentioned an actual device that will, people will be able to use. Is that something yes. in the future or now?
1: That's now. I have taken Nikola Tesla's work, the great inventor, and I have, in many ways, copied his work or copied that of other researchers. And with the engineering staff that I have, we're able to create scalar energy instruments. That is, we're able to capture scalar energy. So if you will, if, if Thomas Edison is to be attributed to have uh, developed the first light bulb, then what we have developed are scalar energy instruments. We can capture, we can control scalar energy, and then we can direct that energy to improve human health.
0: That is fascinating to me. Now, I visited a naturopath one time, and she had a device that I put my hands on, and it was the shape of of an outline of hands, and it was metal, and it was able to read everything that was wrong with me Mm. just by putting my hands on this device. I mean, it, it popped up things I don't ever talk about. It was impressive. It got every single thing wrong with me. But your device could not only identify what's wrong, but help, help you to heal it as well.
1: Yes, yes, that's correct. Um, the instruments that I've developed have the ability to assemble, to create inside the body micronutrients, such as vitamins and minerals and amino acids. And then the instrument also is capable of breaking down the molecular structure of germs, such as bacteria and viruses. So this is the ability of scalar energy. It can be used remotely. We treat people by way of a photograph. And by way of a photograph, we can send a transmission of scalar energy and either assemble nutrients in their body or break apart germs. All of this is done by way of a photograph some part of their body has to be photographed. So this is the future of energy medicine.
0: I, that's, a, that's amazing to me, right? Because we're looking at the possibility that someone could just Skype through to a potential doctor, talk about their issues, and then have healing sent to them so that they almost have a spontaneous healing. But it isn't spontaneous. It's scalar.
1: Yes. Yes. Precisely, it, it, and that's the proper word. It is spontaneous. With scalar, there is no um, um, dilation of time, so to speak. Scalar energy is outside of time and space, so the healing is instantaneous.
0: Do you have um, uh, stories that you can share with us about some of the more dramatic healings that have taken place with this with your device? People that you sure. treated.
1: I'd love to. Um, we're treating people around the world, again, by way of photographs. Um, and we've started a, a charity, if you will, throughout Africa. We're treating people in Africa for malaria and typhoid and, and HIV and hepatitis. <laughs> and we're getting so many great testimonies coming out of Africa that people are being cured. We're able to eradicate viruses and bacteria from their body. So it's very um, rewarding, if you will. Um, it, it's, it's our ministry. Um, we want to give glory to God and we want to help the people around the world. I hope this resonates with people because what I'm saying, this is the easy way to address pathogenic disease. We can eradicate germs by way of a person's photograph, regardless of where that person lives.
0: That, that's amazing to me. Now, how much does a, a healing like this cost?
1: Sure. We, we offer a staggered pricing. Um, if people sign up as a recurring membership, one person can sign up for a month for $147. Two people can sign up at $187. They can split the cost per month. So it's a graduated scale. And what we encourage is people sign up as groups in order to reduce the price of the treatments.
0: I uh-huh. I see. Because you, right, you have a, a family of four, and you get all the kids covered. And before you know it, it's two hundred bucks a month.
1: Right. That's correct. That's correct.
0: And is that something that has a contract that you can end at any time,
1: or there, there is no contract. Well, I don't believe in that. First and foremost, that's a very good question. First and foremost, we we want to heal people. This is a healing ministry, and people sign up, and we only. Ask them to sign up for 30 days. That's that's the standard treatment time. And if you want to continue, you, you continue. If not, you can stop the treatments at any time. That's your unilateral prerogative. That's up to you.
0: Now you you have a program that does it free for 15 days. So uh, does does that offer? Uh, I mean, I mean, how much can healing can you get in 15 days? I don't know. They need another 30 on top of the 15. Is it 45 days?
1: it's really up to the to the person and, and as to how their health responds. But we do offer 15 days of free scalar energy treatments. Anybody in the world can send us a photograph. We'll treat you and your family members for free. The website is freescalar.net, that's spelled S-C-A-L-A-R. You can visit that website. You're allowed to upload as many t- as 25 photographs of family members and friends. And again, the emphasis is on healing. We want to heal the world. So we don't worry about money. We offer um, scalar energy treatments free of charge to anybody in the world. Frankly, anybody in the world can visit that website and send in photographs of their entire family. Um, No questions asked. Um, After that, then it's really up to the person whether they want to continue or not. But up front, we we don't want there to be any... uh, any obstacles so we offer 15 days of free scalar energy treatments
0: so what would somebody notice as as a sign that the treatment is working over that first 15 days
1: they're going to feel better within the first week frankly Sharman, because people have germs uh, everybody has uh, been carrying parasites and viruses and bacteria throughout their life so within the first week you will see that these germs, these pathogens, have been eradicated from your body. Again, we send a scalar energy signal into the body that allows us to break apart germs. Well, in so doing, your health usually sees a, you will You will realize a significant improvement in your health. Your health will see a, a significant turnaround, usually within the first week.
0: That's impressive. That's yeah. really exciting. And you know I'm I'm always interested in trying anything, except especially for free. Free's my favorite F word, <laughs> and uh, it's even a four-letter F word. So I guess a, so. <laughs> you can use it whenever you want. Um, but I think this is amazing and fascinating, and I think what you're doing is great work. And I'm so glad that I have an opportunity to um, to share that with everybody and to learn more about it, and even to try it for myself and for my family. Because, you know, if there's, I'm always looking for a way to feel better and to heal issues and anything that works, I'll try it at least once for sure. So I, I'd love to hear some more stories or more about the science behind it. I mean, how do you, how do you discuss
1: this? Sure. Well, it's, it's God's work. Um, this is a, an emerging science. So you really have to depend upon prayer and, and, and guidance from the divine, um, how does this work? Well, consider this. Everything in the, in the physical universe is held together by a bond, a molecular bond. And this is what I've discovered. And this is the key element. Scalar energy is the intelligence behind any chemical bond. So whether it's an, uh, an element, a, a molecule, whether it's, whether it's your skin, whether, whether it's your, your tooth, everything is held together by a chemical bond, a molecular bond. And with scalar energy, I've developed a technique where I can easily break down the molecular bonds of viruses and bacteria. So if I can negate the molecular bonds that hold together viruses and bacteria, those germs fall apart. So imagine what I'm saying. I have the easy way to break apart the molecular structure of a germ. I have discovered the easy way to eradicate germs. It's painless, and I do it by way of a photograph. Now, you can only do this by way of scalar energy because scalar energy controls molecular bonds. You don't have that control with electricity. So scalar energy gives us consummate control over molecular matter. And that's just the beginning. Imagine what we can do with this energy because now we can, we can control nature. We can either create a mo- molecule or break apart a molecule. And I mean that in, in a very literal sense.
0: It's almost scary to think about the possibilities.
1: It's incredible, the possibilities. That's that's the proper posture, and I, I can appreciate where you're going with that. This will give us godlike powers. I mean that, and I'm not being flippant about that. This gives us consummate control of the universe. For good. Yes, for good.
0: Um- of course, all energy can be manipulated for bad, so I certainly am grateful that you have found a way to use it to heal people and to bring us together.
1: Thank you. Thank you.
0: This is a, a wonderful, wonderful um, discovery, and I'm so grateful for you to be able to come on the show and share it with all of us. I really appreciate your time
1: today. Thank this you. Has
0: been really Now, where would we find... How do we find this again?
1: Uh, the, the treatment for the free trial is... F- the website, freescaler.net. Scalar is spelled S-C-A-L-A-R. If you want to ask a question, we have a support desk. The support desk, phone number, area code 805-364-3051.
0: Wonderful. Well, thank you so much. I appreciate your time today. And I look forward to hearing more about this and experiencing this healing myself. This is spectacular i mean it really is amazing we're going to go to break folks and we'll be back in just a few minutes Everybody. This is Sharman Smith again, your presidential candidate for 2020. You can find me at SharmanSmith.com or you can buy my book, Taming the Titta, my fictional story about politics, religion and a reality TV show on Amazon or Barnes and Noble or check it out for free on Kindle Unlimited. We're here today to finish up the show, and we're going to talk a little bit more about hurricane evacuations and, and really how much your life gets disrupted during a natural disaster and what a big stress it is on yourself and your family and your children. And if you've never had to evacuate to avoid a natural disaster, it is terrifying. You have to figure out how you can afford to move, which which of your personal belongings are most important for you to grab you know evacuating is is a privilege it's not a right it costs a lot of money to leave town and to get hotel rooms and to find somewhere to stay with animals or with children and sometimes you're gone for three or four days but sometimes you're without power for months and your whole life is completely disrupted and we have people all over our country right now who are living in this situation and they're struggling every day and it's it's a challenge for all of us because we want to go about our daily lives and be grateful for all the good things that are around us, but we just can't forget about our brothers and sisters and our friends and our neighbors who are who are struggling right now with a lot of these natural disasters. They, we've got floods. We've got nature is changing the way it interacts with us on a daily basis, and. This has been, it, we're, we're hearing people talk this week in, about the fact that we are coming up on the precipice for making improvements for our climate change issues. And we're hearing people say we're getting to the point where we only have a short window left to do something about it. These these natural disasters, these massive monster storms, this has to do with climate change. These The reality that we have cut down over 50% of the trees on this planet in the last 30 years, that impact taking the oxygen, not producing the same amount of oxygen that the trees were producing, not being able to collect the carbon dioxide because trees and plants do this magical thing that we just don't give them credit for, where they suck in carbon dioxide, and they spit out oxygen, and it has a cooling effect for the air, for the water, for everything around us. We, we, we forget how much we need oxygen, how much we need to be able to breathe, and our planet is letting us know that it is sick, and that it has a germ and an illness, and it's trying to fix it itself, whether the big waves come and wash everything away, or... We find a way to to move the, the cycle of the water more efficiently so that it doesn't get trapped in hot places. That water in the gulf, the way it gets so warm there, as soon as Michael hit it, it just exploded from a 1 to a almost a Category 5 because the water is so warm. The impact of the, not being able to clean the air is is much more significant than we have really been able to fully quantify. And once we talk about these these massive natural disasters and climate change and and the way our Earth moves and the way it heals itself, we're all part of a massive living organism. I used a classic car to explain climate change in my book because i really feel like the best way to get climate change on board is to get the gearheads involved you know if once you once you discover that a car can be sexy and beautiful you kind of fall in love with it and, and i explain the world like a classic car because I, I want people to fall in love with it i want our planet to be the you know, something that we all admire and love and work hard to take care of. If you like classic cars, you understand the importance of the engine and the oil and the way the pistons and everything moves together. It's a, it's beautiful. It's a work of art. It's machinery in motion. It is it, it, our planet is the same way. It is the way the the landmass moves across our core. It is that movement in motion, continental drift, the land is always flowing across our, our, our world. And we don't see it, so we don't really pay attention to it. But every once in a while, something will come up like a massive earthquake. And we realize that the earth needs to shift. And we have to embrace the knowledge that that oil is there for a reason. Sure, it's degraded natural material that's millions of years old, blah, blah, blah. The oil is there for a reason. They're finding pockets of oil popping up all over the planet. And they're near fault lines. They're near places where the oil needs to be in order for the planet to move properly like the engine that it is it's it's a great organism that allows us all to be able to live and breathe we need to leave the oil where it is we need to find a way to clean the air we have got to plant more plants and it's not just about not cutting down all the trees we can harvest the dead wood we can clean up the things that need to go to make room for healthy trees to live but we have to find a way sooner rather than later to embrace these changes. And one of the easiest things and quickest ways we can see a massive improvement in the the massive reduction of carbonization in our air is by planting hemp. Hemp can be used for textiles and for oil and for energy, and we can grow it for food, the cows used to eat it chickens used to eat it the cannabinoids that are in the hemp go into the body and these animals were healthier when this was part of this natural cycle that was included in their diet we have eliminated that and because of that we have eliminated all the healthy benefits that come from it as well we often hear people talk about hemp in conjunction with marijuana and the legalization of marijuana but we need to understand that it truly is two different things there is the medical healing benefits from the cannabinoids but there is also the massive benefit that we need to be taking advantage of on this planet to convert carbon dioxide into oxygen we have to do a massive decarbonization effort in this planet across the world in order to be able to heal it and reduce these massive hurricanes these hurricanes have doubled in size this year they're bigger than anything we've ever seen it's because the waters warm it's because the airs warm we have to find a way to combat the problems that we have created we cut down too many trees we're The amount of oxygen that we have reduced in our atmosphere is dangerous for all of us. And there's a way for us to heal it, for us to come together. And that is absolutely going to be something that we see take place. It's not just something that liberals are going to talk about. Mitch McConnell put a bill through that legalized the industrial growing of hemp He didn't do that because he wanted normal people growing hemp. He did it the way he did it because his buddies want to control the economy and the money that will come from producing industrial hemp. They're not interested in using it as a way to heal our planet and to reduce these natural disasters. They're just looking at how they can control the money that can be made off of this amazing plant. So it's a, it's, it's. It's a, you know, it's a love-hate situation. Do I want Mitch McConnell to massively plant and and approve bills that will allow for the massive commercial planting of hemp? Yes, absolutely, I do. Do I want him and just a few select buddies to be able to profit from it? No, I don't. But let's plant whatever we can plant as often as we can plant it because our, our planet needs us to plant stuff. That's how we heal. That's how we get better. And there is such beauty on this planet. You know, even as I watch the massive destruction that can come from these storms, the the beauty of the planet, of the people who inhabit it, how we step up for each other and take care of each other. And I know there are stories across the country every day about how divided this country is We're Americans, and when the chips are down, we take care of each other, and that is proof with these hurricanes. You you see people stepping up and helping all over the place, and, you know, Mr. Rogers told us all to look for the helpers because they're out there, and in these times of need, when we're struggling and we're frustrated and we're upset, it's easy to find problems. But it's hard to find solutions. And anytime you find someone who's willing to help you with a problem and help you come up with a solution, you got to give them a chance, give them a listen, give them a, you know, see what you can do. There might be an opportunity for us to pull together and save this thing. And I believe it. I do. I have met some of the most amazing people throughout this country as I, as I continue to meet people and talk to people and future interviews I realized that all across this country there are people who are hurting but there are people who are ready to help heal it too and it is a beautiful time for us yes things are rough yes I didn't think I'd ever live to see days as dark as this but I know that there is light at the end of the tunnel and I'm just working towards that. And I think as as we all get together and we start to share with each other that there is light at the end of the tunnel, we realize that we're a lot better than we give ourselves credit for. I've become so aware of that negative inner voice that I use to beat myself up whenever I feel like I've done something wrong. And I know we're all guilty of it, we all have that inner voice that shows up right on time to beat us up and tell us what we did was wrong, but we don't ever take the opportunity to encourage ourselves enough and to praise ourselves and to to tell ourselves nice things like we would to our kids. If we are just nicer to ourselves, we'll be nicer to each other, and it really does start with you. Each of us has the ability to make a difference every day in the little things that we do, the please, the thank yous, the holding a door, you know, asking if somebody needs help, volunteering to be there for somebody. I know as a Navy brat, I, I whenever I hear the word volunteer, I always think of the acronym for the Navy, never again volunteer yourself. But it really is a good thing. Volunteering isn't bad. It's beautiful and it's Fun, and it gives you an opportunity to get to know people. And this country is full of amazing, funny people from coast to coast, regardless of their color or their religion or their creed. We just have to take the opportunity to talk to each other again, have another conversation, share the things that are important to us, and we realize that we have more in common than we have than we thought. We have more alike than we are different and we can do anything together we're americans not americans and there's nothing that we can't accomplish together and i really do believe there's nothing so wrong with this country that it can't be corrected with a little common sense and compassion and every day i am reminded that common sense and compassion are not dead They're alive and well. They're a little scared and timid to come out because they're afraid of being poked at and humiliated. But they still show up because this is the land of the brave. This is the land of the free and the home of the brave. And brave people step up every day, even if it's just having a polite conversation with someone and and embracing and embarking on a way to try to close the gaps and the 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 walls and and to really close the 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 space that is between us that separates us we have to find a way to tear down the walls that we use to divide us and we have to find a way to embrace each other i i often talk about what it was like to be tolerated throughout my whole life you can tell people don't like you. You can tell they don't want to be near you. They just tolerate you. And then when I was embraced for who I was for the first time and realized the difference between tolerating and embracing, and we need to get to the point where we stop tolerating each other and we start embracing each other and our differences. There's so much beauty across this country, and it, we really do need to take the opportunity to embrace it a little more often. I'm Sharman Smith here today with you for, t- for taming the titta i'm a presidential candidate for 2020 you can find me at charmansmith.com you can find me on facebook at charman smith 2020 and charman smith for president 2020 you can also find me on twitter at taming the titta and at smith Charmin. my book is available at amazon barnes and noble kindle and kindle unlimited has it for free so please give it a check out and. Reach out to me anytime you have any questions I'm through LinkedIn I love to talk to people and share your stories And maybe we'll even have an opportunity To have you on the radio next week That's it for this week people I appreciate you And have a wonderful day